This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. So I'm going to be put on the hot seat and ask some history questions, I think. Is that right? I feel really nervous, Gabby. Like, I haven't done any prep for this test. Like, no one told me I was having an exam today. <laughs> I just, you know, it's sort of like some sort of dream, isn't it? Where you're asked to sit an exam and no one told you. <laughs> and you just turned up. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Welcome to Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm Gabby Collins, and I'm with Dr. Hannah Gregg, Bridgerton's historian and consultant of all things Regency era. And we're here to do a bonus Q&A with me, apparently. So (laughs) here I am, Gabby. (laughs) I'm sorry. Bridgerton fans have questions, and so I wanted to see if you could answer any of them, because we got hundreds of questions about some of the historical and story-driven moments. So I'm like, well, I'm going to ask Hannah these questions. Okay, great. So I think we're going to have fun. (laughs) Is this going to be like my history quiz and I'll fail it and then someone's going to take my PhD away from me? (laughs) I know. No, 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 no. (laughs) I found these really interesting and some of them funny. And one of the fans who sent in a question says she's read somewhere that romance novel sales were going up and... Maybe this will also be some cool cliff notes for people who are just reading and digging into the Bridgerton series. Let's just go on ahead and get into them. As a historical advisor, what is your everyday like when you arrive on set and I don't know, you get your coffee? What does your day look like? So I'm not there every day. I just go in and out for scenes that we do that have got lots of history content. So I'm a bit of a part-timer compared to Annabelle and Jess who are there all day, every day. But we turn up, we watch some filming and we wait for some history questions, answer them and try to be helpful. I try to keep out of the way if I'm not needed. Do you ever like have that gut feeling that you need to just be like, everyone stop, this is wrong? No, I don't. I mean, I've been on productions for long enough now to know that really those conversations need to happen before you turn up on set. There was probably nothing worse than a historian just turning up on set going, oh, this wouldn't have ever happened like that. Really, you should have caught all of that a long time ago before the cameras start rolling. So yeah, I've usually got a pretty good idea of what's going to be happening on that day. It's more about the unforeseen questions that maybe we haven't had time to think about before filming starts. Um, 
you know, sometimes from the cast or sometimes from the crew about exactly how would people interact in that moment or what kind of things would you see, you know, just in the back of shots? What would people be doing in the background? Just little elements that are coming together on the day. That's sort of what you're tackling at that moment. And prior to that is when you should really have thought about all the things that might have made you throw your history hands in the air. Yeah. <laughs> but usually all of those things have been thought through quite carefully in advance of actually filming. I was also just wondering if you ever are like asked into any of the hair and costume trailers, are you ever part of that process? Just out of curiosity. Not so much, actually. Usually those areas of design are so used to working in a kind of period setting that they are brilliant researchers, you know, and kind of scholars in their own right. And they really know what they want to achieve when they're putting costumes and hair and makeup and, th- and things together. Sometimes there might be the odd question if we've got a character that we may not have encountered before or something particularly unusual, like what kind of wigs people wore if they're servants at court. But usually those areas of design are worked up well in advance with people who are incredibly expert. And I just go and just think, wow, it's amazing what people can achieve. And of course, you know, with Bridgerton, it is supercharged in terms of the design and the colour and the beauty of it all. It's all incredibly beautiful. (laughs) All you do is just go, wow, this is amazing. And But actually, I was thinking in season two, how with season one, it was the first time I'd seen things on that scale before. So I was always just totally kind of blown away whenever I was on set in season one and I am again in season two but I'm sort of more like this is Bridgerton oh it's Bridgerton you know it looks amazing it's it's Bridgerton but it is just spectacular every time that fan actually asked the question about Portia Featherington and what happens to Lord Featherington's estate after his tragic demise Okay, so let's just remember where we got to in season one with the Featheringtons. So we see Portia and she's looking really distressed, isn't she? Mm -hmm. Not just because her husband has gone, but there's a brief moment where her maid hands her a piece of paper. And we don't know what it says. We don't know what's on that paper. What could it be? It is certainly a shock to Portia. Maybe this question is about the fact that it's, you know, it's 1813 and she's curious about like, what rights Portia Featherington has over her moolah. Yes. What is the status of the wife when her husband dies, when you're in a wealthy family like the Featheringtons? Well, the historian's answer is that it's complicated. I'm probably going to give this answer a lot, <laughs> but it varies a lot <laughs> from, from family to family and, and context to context. So we don't know where the Featherington bit of paper is going to go. Right. But um, there's lots of different scenarios. And actually, we see them in Bridgerton, don't we? So we have characters like Lady Danbury, this very wealthy widow. She doesn't seem to have any children who, you know, have any calls on her estate. So she has complete control over the fin- over her finances. That's what makes widows in this story so fascinating. Why Lady Danbury is the most powerful. The general rule of Regency society in general terms is that an estate is inherited by the eldest male heir. So if you have an eldest son like Anthony Bridgerton, then he is automatically the heir to the bulk of the estate. So that's the general rule. So if you have a family of daughters, it could be the case that a daughter inherits the money if there are no male heirs in the family. In other situations, there might be a male heir who is a more distant relative. But sometimes people can do different things entirely and they can construct their will in different ways. It's not really a legal provision that only men can inherit. It's more of a, a just a kind of commonplace 
system of inheritance that's in operation amongst the aristocracy. So it would be possible for somebody to write a will where they distributed their money equally amongst all of their offspring if they wanted to do that. But generally, the British aristocracy don't do that because they want to try and retain their base of property. And the best way to do that is not to diminish it by splitting it up amongst lots of different people, but to try and keep it as one whole unit, which is then passed down to one individual member of the family and the other members of the family have to fend for themselves. We can see that with the Bridgertons because Anthony Bridgerton is, is the heir and his brothers are going to have to go off and make their own way in the world, apart from when he fought the duel and there was a moment where Benedict thought, oh my goodness, I might, I might be the heir. What do I do about that in season one? But, you know, phew, Anthony survived to see another season. So, But yeah, Lady Featherington, the question was about Portia, wasn't it? And what happens to her? Well, we don't know what's on the piece of paper, so there's lots of scenarios. One might be that there's no money. Um, so then she's in difficulty. <laughs> Another might be that, you know, there's someone inheriting the estate and then she is left really at the kind of mercy of that individual. And that's true as well of uh, the relationship between Anthony Bridgerton and his mother in that once he comes of age and has inherited the estate, then he is basically giving an allowance to his mother and his siblings. So anybody who was a wife, whose husband has died, who has adult children, is dependent on their adult children for determining the nature of their living circumstance. Treat your sons well, because um, otherwise <laughs> they might, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> might backfire in your later years. Um, but, but usually they're pretty well, treated pretty well. I love how closely like all the fans have been watching it like I feel now that their knowledge is far greater than mine you know they've obviously watched it so so carefully and closely with so much love and um, my head is in season two into season two now we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor this is it your moment this is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global when you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. 
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Welcome back to Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm Gabby Collins, and I'm sitting here with Dr. Hannah Gregg. I'm also wondering, did girls and women know what their inheritance was looking like before it was handed off? Like, did they have access to how much was in the account, so to say? <laughs> yes, usually. I mean, they would have been given a, a what's called pin money in their kind of young adulthood. So in their teenage years, which would have been their money to spend as they like. So it's pocket money. And, you know, pin money can be fairly substantial if you're in a wealthy family and you've got dresses to buy and events to go to. And and the idea was that you're spending it on pins, on little things, little trinkets, little things for sewing. It could be, you know, let you buy a ball dress. <laughs> so, um, and someone else provided the pins. So they would have had access to reasonable money, you know, kind of in their young adulthood when we see them on the season. And then on marriage, they would have had a dowry. And um, and that would be negotiated between the two families. There'll be a marriage settlement that would be drawn up. If she's from a very wealthy family, there might even be significant payments for the duration of her lifetime to allow her to maintain the kind of lifestyle that she's been used to. So yeah, there's all kinds of permutations and possibilities within the particular family scenarios that you see. There's not sort of one set of rules necessarily. Yeah. And, you know, I was also thinking like, for instance, if Daphne or Cressida, who was said to be loaded, if one of those two women and Sir Burbrook would have gotten together, I always got the vibe that Burbrook needed <laughs> a woman with... Needed some money. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, for instance, with the Bridgertons, you've got Anthony who's going to inherit the title and the bulk of the estate and the money. But that's not to say that his siblings are not going to be very well provided for because if your estate is big enough you can still give a big chunk of cash as a one-off payment on marriage so those very wealthy families all of the members of the family are attractive kind of marriage propositions it's not as though Daphne was going to be ever left destitute but her inheritance was never on in the same league as what Anthony would would be looking at um, when his father died. Speaking of Burbrook, who was last seen peering over a whistle down that was airing out his dirty laundry, here's the next question. How would his affairs out on the countryside have actually damaged his reputation if he already had a child? How does that bother with what he's got going on? Well, obviously, in our Bridgerton narrative, it damages his reputation to the extent that he can no longer pursue his kind of idea of an engagement to Daphne. So <laughs> in historical terms... Men can escape scandal more easily than women. So it is perhaps less of a scandal for a man to have had a kind of extramarital relationship or a, a relationship before marriage and to have fathered a child. But I think the key point as a historian that I would make is that when something becomes public knowledge in the newspaper, that's when it becomes more scandalous. If a scandal breaks in the newspapers, then that can be more damaging to somebody's reputation. And so that is the kind of idea that I think we're putting forward in Bridgerton. And a child who might make a claim at some point to his property, his estate, is the issue. That's the core of the real issue. 
Yeah, but he would not in any way have been the first male aristocrat to have fathered a child before marriage. <laughs> so it made me wonder about Marina and just um, yeah. What are you What are you thinking? It's often much easier to write history around legitimacy and how people inherit estates and how people get married and all those points which hit paperwork basically there's an administrative trail behind them but of course there's another world isn't there which is harder for historians to get to but of course which we're very aware of which is the history of illegitimacy you know Burbrook's scandal is one of those moments where we stop and think well who is that woman and who is the child what happened to them where do they live how can we find them? And if we were historians really looking for that story, it could be very difficult to find out exactly what their names were and who they were. We kind of got a question sort of related to that, which was like how someone would be welcomed into the ton if they weren't necessarily married into it or born into it. Well, you need Lady Danbury. You need someone powerful. You have to have a patron or a patroness, probably more effectively, if you're sort of an outsider who's not born into that world. There are opportunities to become integrated with the right kinds of friends. And we do get some instances in in history of kind of fabulous sort of rags to riches tales. You need to know who to network with. And it's very easy for the ranks to be closed. Yeah, I'm wondering who Portia was networking with because I keep getting this kind of undercurrent, this, you know, that's new money. So they are kind of new to the to the crowd. But that could be like maybe a generation or two, maybe instead of like 12 generations or something. So it could be seen either way. And there's lots of opportunities from the kind of second half of the 18th century into the early 19th century for people to make a lot of money very rapidly. (laughs) And if you have a lot of money, then you're one step in already into this kind of fashionable world. And then another step would be the people that you know. I have one final question for you before I let you go. How's life on set? You have to ask the lady to whistle down everything. I can't. Um, what can I say? Uh, yeah, everything's great. And we are on set. <laughs> so I think, I don't think we can say anything more than that, really. Everything looks great. So hopefully they'll release some official images. I don't know. I can't say anything. Oh <laughs> so my God. I know you can. The coffee's good. There's some nice coffee. Right. The coffee's still good. The coffee's still good. And Jess and Annabelle are there. So, and everyone else is there obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with that, Hannah, I guess, you know, I'll let you go. That was so fun. um, Just getting into some of these fan questions. And I hope you all enjoyed this bonus episode with Dr. Greg. Thank you, Gabby. It's fun as always. Thank you. And we'll be back with another episode. So keep listening, keep your eyes on the feeds. And thanks for listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast. Bridgerton, the official podcast, is executive produced by Lauren Holman, Sandy Bailey, Holly Fry, and me, Gabrielle Collins. Our producer is Chris Van Dusen, and our editor is Vincent Dejani. Bridgerton, the official podcast, is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your favorite shows. 
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.